We're speaking with people that are sending a pulse through their industry. Pulse through their industry. If you want to be taken seriously, you have to be consistent. Have to be consistent. You got to keep the big picture that hey, we're changing the world. We're changing. The league presents Electric People. Welcome to another episode of Electric People. We are really excited for today's episode. We've got Don Gomez. He's one of the DMs of the Boston North office, and Don's been with us for about two and a half years. A little over 200 installs, 210 installs or so. Um, Don has one of the most unique stories I think we may have at Movement Solar, and I'm really excited to get into Don's background and then also just this like massive paradigm shift he's had over the last probably uh, I'd say 12 months or so. And so I'm really excited to get into Don's story and and uh, kind of how things change for him. So Don. Excited to have you, man. I'm excited to be here, Adam. Yeah, it's good. It's, uh, it's going to be a good one. So, um, so first, you're from. You grew up in Everett, Mass, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, I grew up in Everett. Um, I came to uh, Boston uh, when I was nine years old. Okay, from where? Columbia. Okay, so you're born in Columbia. Um, walk us through how you ended up in Boston. Oh, uh, it was a journey. So. Um, we flew, it was 98, um, my brother got here first, so our journey in Colombia was a little tough, uh, but it was good. It was, uh, it brought the family together. Uh, my mom was always, he's always, she's always been a fighter, so uh, she figured out a way with my brother to come to, to Boston. Okay. Uh, this is when, um, 98 was when he first came here, um, and it's, it's been a ride. How many siblings do you have? I have a brother and a sister. Okay. I'm the and youngest then, one. And you're the youngest? Yep. And what about your dad? So my dad, uh, my mom and my dad got separated when I was four years old. Uh, he's still in Colombia. Uh, my brother and my mom are here, and we're working on trying to bring my sister here. We've been trying for 20 years. No kidding? Yeah. Why is it so hard? Um, she's tried. I mean, she's tried to apply for a visa, and uh, I believe seven times. And unsuccessful. Mm. So your mom just came over, single mom, two boys, completely yeah. new place. Yeah, my brother actually, he was the first person to take the leap here. Uh, my brother's 44 now. Um, we met him on the league trip, right? Yes. You brought him on the league, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, he was in Fiji. Uh, he loved it, by the way. Uh, what an amazing company this is. I, I, that was the opportunity to give back and actually to bond with my brother. Um, you know, he flew out with, uh, with the whole team and I was able to spend time with him. And I believe that that day, that trip was super important for me because I, I got the opportunity to pay back. He, he actually, the risk he took, he, he actually came here when he was 18. And he just, you know. By himself. By himself, there was nobody here. He said, hey, I gotta figure it out. Between him and my mother, they figured, you know, he came first, he figured things out here first, and then he brought us, you know. I just have so many logistical questions. Like, where do you sleep your first night? You know what I'm when saying? Like, where do, you, where do you eat? Like, like, where did your brother, and first of all, what was the conversation like with your brother and your mom? Like, your brother's like, hey, America, like, I think we want to do this, you know? And your mom's like, all right, you go first. Yeah. Like, how, like, how would how you that? even, I, I'm worried that I could even find you at the airport, let alone in, like, a new country. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like... It was interesting. So uh, my brother, um, when, when the whole thing happened with my parents, it was super tough for us. We actually, uh, my mom got some lump sum of money and she put my, mom, my sister through school. Uh, my brother went to the army and she actually opened up a catering business. Um, and <clears throat> like a year later, it was all taken away. Some, you know, some people, some men went into the house and stole everything that we had. Wait, it wait, was wait, just taken like, away like... Like they robbed us. It was a home invasion, and they took everything. So it was like one thing after Boston, another. This, this was in Columbia. 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 Yeah, yeah, right before okay. I came here. Gotcha. And it was just like one thing after another, one thing after another, and we just said, "Hey, this is the only chance we got. Like, you go first, figure figure things out." And when we got here, we lived in a small apartment in on Meridian Street in Boston. It was like legit, like a closet, and it was my mom, my brother, and myself on on to. Um, on a couch and a mattress wow. in that small room. And your sister stays back home. She stays back home because she's just gotten married. So 
she was just trying to figure things, you know, life out. But now it's just like, she's just trying to make it back here. Right. Didn't your mom recently just get her visa as well or did, or her citizenship? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, she, she just got that after 20 years. Wow, man. After 20 years. So Colombia, how is, I mean, I've, I went to, uh, I served a church mission in, in Ecuador. Okay. And That's at right the time, to. yeah, so at the time, uh, it was like 2001, they didn't let fair-skinned, red-headed people into Colombia. So it's like, very nice now. It now. It's yeah, all right. It's paradise. Um, it's changed a lot, um, but um, it's still, it's just a third world country. Mm -hmm. it, everything's just a little slower. Uh, the economy there is not, I mean, the rich have the money, the poor, it, there's no middle class at all. So it's tough, you know, it's tough. And if you have money there, you, if you have a lot of money there, you can't even enjoy it. So it's, um, this is, I mean, the reason why, I think one of the things that defines me the most is, is the opportunity that we have, not only uh, in this company, but in this country. Like this, this country, you could just come here and li literally create wealth from thin air. Mm. Um, but you just have to see the opportunity. Um, because if you really compare, I, when every, every time you have a reference point, so my reference point is Colombia. In Colombia, you could have all the talent you want, but you're limited. And it's unfortunate that you're able, or you not able, but you could actually blame outside sources because it's just a third world country there and there's no opportunity. Over here, if you're present, you actually get to see the opportunities. They're there for you to pick them up. And that's the difference between Colombia and, and and uh, the U.S., U.S., there's a ton of opportunity here. You just have to find it. Well, I hear you talk about this all the time, and maybe this is what you're describing is you, I hear you talk to our, your sales team about this all the time, where you will get back out of the universe what you put into it, right? And, and maybe that's not the feeling when you are in Colombia. You know, there's, yeah. it's, that's the difference between the two areas. For sure, uh, I think, and it just is limited. Your universe is there, but it's limited. Over here, I mean, um, you just gotta you just gotta shift your mindset. Um, and like you said, if you, whatever you put to the universe, you're gonna get back in ten x levels. So that's the reason why I try to just uh, focus on working. You know, give it a hundred percent. Because when you do that, you always get hundred and twenty five percent back. But if you're giving eighty percent, sixty percent. The universe is going to give you 40%. That's just like a universal law with numbers. Um, but again, it's, it's, you just come to this country and, and, and you see the opportunity. And the goal now for me is coming from Colombia uh, and seeing the opportunity here. A lot of people do not have that reference point saying, hey, there's no opportunity here. I got something good right in front of me. And that's the message I try to give to my team. Just work and understand the opportunity. You just want to like shake them sometimes? It's like, you don't get it. Like, yeah, you don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Like it's, but then again, they don't have that reference point. Let's take them to Colombia. Let's show them. Let's say, uh, hey, yeah, go survive know. for two months here and see what you can make of yourself. Right. You know? Well, what's cool, and we'll get into this here in a little bit, but Don, um, he's going to be having a wedding in Colombia next summer, right? That's the plan. So. Yep. Uh, we're You're all invited. invited. We're really? all invited. Really? Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like a Colombian wedding is a party. No, it's gonna be. It's gonna, it's it's gonna, gonna be. Fun. be uh, yeah. it's you gonna guys would love Colombia. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'm mean, even in Ecuador, man. Like, if your one-year-old's having a birthday party, the whole street is outside. Oh, yeah. The music's on. Like, kids sleeping in the back, <laughs> and the parents are just going for it. You know. So, uh, before we get into your your current role, your work, and what you've, um, you know, your accomplishment, and I I do want to backtrack for one second and just give a little context to where we're currently sitting, but we're at the East Coast Conference. There's some noise in the background that you're gonna hear if you're listening. Um, we're at an old, old chocolate factory that we're doing this East Coast uh, Leadership Conference. So you're gonna hear some trains, some random noise. They used to make uh, Hershey's Kisses here, did you know that? No, I did not know right that. Right in this really? spot, man. This is <laughs> right. You're actually sitting. <laughs> on one, right? <laughs> um, so, you're in America, you're going to Everett High, which um, if you live outside of Boston, Everett High is, it's like the football capital of Boston. They have like 20 state championships there. It's, it's the, if you're, you know, anyone that lives in Massachusetts knows Everett High. So, um, so you're in high school, you're playing football at Everett High. What are some of the things, um, 
I don't want to spend too much time on this, but just playing for that type of championship culture, that sort of environment, how did that impact your life as a young teenage kid that had come from another country and all of a sudden you're assimilating to this new culture? So I think most importantly, I started right away in, in middle school. I, I really caught on to like sports as like my, my escape. I, you know, I played every single type of sport, basketball, football, um, soccer. I just, that was just like my, 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 my escape. That's what I did every single day. Uh, and I think that just created uh, the discipline uh, for me. And um, all throughout high school, um, I just played sports until freshman, mid-sophomore year. Um, I started working a full-time job. So then my brother, <clears throat> so what happened was my brother, he, you know, he, he made up his life. He moved, he moved on, so it was just me and my mother. So I was basically in a pickle. Either keep playing all the sports that you want or go you know, work full-time. Was your mom working? What was she doing? She worked at a flower factory. So obviously she wasn't making a lot of money. She was probably making, I don't know, 300 bucks a week to 80. I can't and imagine that with kids. Like I have kids now and I can't. Yeah, it's, 280 it's a week. Not, yeah, 280, 350. I mean, think about it. And the rent was 1,200 at the time. And it's not so like it. she. That's it's all not like, money. It's not like she's getting you know government assistance or anything right. like that no. either, right? I mean, she's just trying to survive. Yeah. So I, I picked up a full time job. So I was, I was going to school, um, eight to you know two o'clock, and then if if it was like basketball season, I tried to juggle it at first, but it just got you know super hard. Um, I would work from 2 p.m. to 12 or 1 in the morning. Jeez, what was the job? Uh, it was a warehouse. It was a, a medical supply warehouse. And they just let a 16-year-old work those hours? My name was uh, Paul Gomez, and I was 19 years old. Oh, uh, okay. That was a damn. <laughs> I know Paul, that guy. <laughs> that's actually your Facebook name, right? It is, yeah. So that's my middle name. <laughs> I found somebody with a similar name so I could work. I had to work. I had to make it happen. That's a crazy story, man. And um, I remember I would go to school, and my first grade, te- uh, my first period teacher, she would always ask me, like, how come you're always tired? I'm like, I don't know. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm just like, you know, always staying up late. And I was just exhausted. For, like, the homeroom and first period, I was always, like, sleeping. And then I finally told her, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm working a 40-hour job. And she's like, oh, I have to report that. I'm like, you can't. That's the, and it's just me and my mom. I got to work. And me and that teacher actually became really good friends. Um, actually still, you know, talk to her today, like to, to this day. And um, she like knew my whole story, but I just had to work. I mean, there was nobody else to work. I had to take care of the bills. So uh, I remember being, you know, 16, 17 years old and um, working a full-time job. And I was so upset at like, you know, at life because I'm like, wow, it's one thing after another. I actually make it here. We're working, but I'm working for, you know, to pay the bills and all my friends are working, you know, maybe a part-time job, a stopping shop, and they have like the, the to nice- To buy like shoes. Yeah, to buy the shoes and everything. And I couldn't even afford that because most of my money was just going towards bills. So I had to make extra money somewhere else, you know? So I started, you know, hanging around with the wrong people, uh, just trying to make money. Like I, I just, I always had this like fixation with making money. And another thing is we always moved. We moved like every single year and I hated it. Like it was just like, I knew like the cheapest apartment we could find like every single year and a half. We just trying to find some, a new cheaper place to live. And <clears throat> it, was, it was a blessing in disguise because now that, that work ethic, I think it's like, I found the vehicle here at Vivint. And I'm telling you like this company, the way, the way they set you up for success, uh, it's different than any other company. Um, Hard work pays off, but this company just guides you towards the right direction to actually, you know, not only work hard on your job, but find ways to work harder on yourself. That way your whole paradigm, you have a paradigm, you legit have a paradigm shift when you work harder on yourself than you do at your job. And this company is the vehicle to take you there because you're surrounded by leaders and people that actually care for your success. And not only that, they've been doing it for years. and they, they want to help you. People that do care, you know, they care about you. And 
you know, they say they, they give you all the right tools in order for you to succeed. It's up to us to apply. Um, so yeah, that's, that's basically my- well, you, you touched on this. Um, you said you started hanging out with some of the wrong people. And I know uh, some of the guys that know you that work with us, um, you know, Tiago, Felipe, some of these guys, and a lot of guys on mm-hmm. your Boston North team that have known you, um, they, they joke around, but there's like 10 Colombians that work in the Boston North office, and they, they joke around and call it the cartel. But, um, <laughs> but uh, when you talk to them about Don, there's a little bit of this reverence because uh, Don was a bad dude, uh, like coming out of high school. This is Don or Paul? Which this one's is, the bad dude? This, <laughs> is Don, this is Don Pablo <laughs> this that is we're Don talking pa- yeah, about yeah, now. Yeah. So um, I want to get into, you know, without sort of incriminating yourself, um, some of that stuff, the, the, the wrong turns that you went down, mm-hmm. and then let's figure out how you kind of got back out of that. Yeah, so like I said, I, I just... I always had this um, this thing because I always this thing for 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 being you know stable I think and I I, I thought it was about money but I thought it, now I figured myself out with the self awareness figuring out who I am it was just that stability I was looking for I can't imagine dude moving and then from Colombia and then yeah did you know English when you moved here no so you did not knowing the language it was tough <laughs> yeah and then moving apartments and then having to work just what yeah man that stability thing had to be core right yeah and I always thought it was about money but I believed like the deep why is that stability um I was looking for stability I mean moving every single year it, it was just frustrating it was it was just frustrating and these are questions that I used to ask myself when I was younger um and then I started hanging out with a, a different group of people, and I saw these people with, you know, the nice cars. They had a, you know, motorcycle in high school. I'm like, what's going on? Like, something's right here, you know? Um, so I decided to just start hanging out around with them, and I basically strayed away from home. It was just like working, and the weekends I was just, you know, running around with the wrong crowd, you know? And <clears throat> I was just trying to make a living, but more than a living, and I just... We talked about, I, um, I know at one point you were basically selling drugs, right? Yeah. And um, tell us about when you had a relative who worked for the police. Uh, can you kind of share that story and yeah. kind of what happened there? Uh, I'm not proud of this, but it's, it's, the, it's my path, right? And uh, I get home and I had a, a family member that you know worked for the police uh, department, and... Um, I walk into the house and it's like my whole family there. And they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, what's going on? Like family reunion? And they're like, no, sit down. Uh, your name came up. You need to you know, cut it out. Whatever you're doing, you need to cut it out right now. Um, so it's like life was always giving me these second chances. Um, and I believe be- those second chances, the third chance, the fourth chance, so many times where you know, I, got, I was involved in you know, car accidents, um, melees where you know people have gotten you know really hurt and nothing ever happened to me um and it's because you know that's just my path but not that's not my ending goal my ending goal is to do something big so i believe in that that that, that's what comes uh, when it comes to like the universe the universe is is always paying forward because i believe i have a really good heart. I really want to help people out, and I think just bringing that energy to the universe, you always get you always get that back. Uh, not always in, in in you know in in money or, or wealth, but in in just second chances, right? Um, and it was tough. It was it, it was tough because at the age of like eighteen or nineteen, uh, my mom was really suffering. And I, I noticed that she was suffering more because of my actions. So I decided that was just like the fork on the road. I'm like, I just gotta get this done the right way. So I, you know, I stopped, I left everything behind um, because it, that's kind of scary. I'm t- we're talking about jail time here, you know? And I wasn't, I didn't even have um, my citizenship yet. So I would have probably gotten deported. Um, so I was just taking high, high risk, you know, all the time. So I changed that. I ended up, you know, getting a second job. 
uh, as a valet park in, in, uh, in, in the Boston Harbor Hotel. And I'm like, wow, like this is the life I want to live. Like these people, uh, genuine people, humble people. And the perspective that we had about money, um, and this was just passed on by our parents because they, they, they weren't, their parents didn't teach them. And it's like, you know, people with money are bad, people that are wealthy, they're, they're greedy. Um, but no, it's if you're a good person and you acquire wealth, you're gonna do great things for the community. You're gonna do great things for your office, for your people, for everybody around you. So it's, it's all on the person that you really are. Um, so little by little, life was just showing me the path. And, you know. It's crazy that you were so like, present. like to me, like hearing your story, it sounds like you were a kid searching. Like most kids, well, and, and you know, I think of my own background, I never had to like, search for the kind of life I wanted to live. I, you know what I mean? I never yeah. had to work to support my family. So I'm kind of like in awe of your story that you're having all these things happen with your background, but you're still, just to have that presence of being what, 18, 19, looking around like, what kind of life do I want yeah. to live? You know what I mean? My, my, my thing was like, hey, what am I gonna do tonight? But not like, I just didn't have that broad kind of like picture from an early, it was probably born of the struggle, but. Yeah, you grew up really fast. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was the man of the house at 15, right? just with a full-time job. Um, but, it, and Tony Robbins says this, and it's super interesting, um, is that ha life doesn't happen to you, happens for you. And I'm really, today, I, I'm understanding what that really means. Uh, everything that I went through was just prepping me for when I had this big opportunity to actually capitalize on it. And it doesn't even feel like work. To me, this doesn't feel like work. I work every day, and I feel like I don't even work. Um, because I, that's, what I, that's how I knew, that's what, the only thing I knew, just work hard and things would just fix, fix themselves. But now I came to a company where the vehicle is here, the people, the mentors, and the information, and I'm just gathering everything and applying it. So I'm learning on the fly, I'm applying on the fly, and I'm getting results on the fly. I think that's how success happens though. I think it's easy from the outside to look and say, oh, he's figured it out and now he's implementing his plan. But the more we talk to people, like electric people is about people that are making waves and it's like, everybody has a sense of that. Like I didn't know what I was doing when I started. I plugged in, I worked really hard, I believed, I put everything into it and it worked out. But I think everybody's trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Um, how, did you, how did you come to Vivint Solar? How did you meet up with the opportunity? So uh, I, I was working on a different solar company. Uh, it was Adam. Adam, uh, he, he recruited me. I'll never forget, and I always tell Adam this. I'm like, hey, that day I met you, like, completely changed my life. Like, the whole direction of my life. Um, I was like that hungry kid that needed direction, you know? And where, where I was, there was, not, there was no, like, no good leadership. So, I mean, I was just there. I was just there waiting until I got, you know, the right, the right direction. Like somebody to say, hey, this is the way you go. And we're not just talking about sales. Like, you know, the leaders that we have. And, you know, I want to personally thank you, Adam, for everything you've done for me. He just said, hey, you should do this, 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 this for you to live a better life. And you, you got to be a good, uh, a good listener. You got to be a good listener and apply what people tell you. And just things start working out for you. They just happen for you. So in 2016, um, you know, I met Adam and I ended, you know, I came here. How'd you connect? Yeah, so I'll, I mean, I can kind of share the story. And I joke with Don all the time that um, he's, the, he's the only one that's making that deal good that we did. Um, bring it, we brought over like, <laughs> like 20 guys from Solar City. Don's, oh, I think, that was that? I that think, was that I think Don's still paying off that deal. But... Um, <laughs> There's a, there's a core couple. Of <laughs> but it's, no, so uh, a guy named Suki Singh, who yeah, he actually worked for me in my original Boston North office, like within the first couple months that we opened up. And then he broke off. Uh, he went and followed uh, another one of our uh, guys that went to Solar City. And then um, fast forward, you know, a couple years later, Suki and I reconnected. He was not happy with the current situation over there. And um, this is actually kind of funny. We, um, we organized this dinner at a steakhouse downtown Boston, a really nice steakhouse. And Suki pitched his whole team, like 20 guys, that he was just taking them all out to dinner. And 
uh, we're in this big like private room and then Suki's there and then me, Chance, and Todd Peterson actually flew out uh, for the meeting too. At the time, there was like some Solar City Vivint uh, solar like real friction and Todd was just like, you need me, call me, like I'm out there. So Todd like flew out, um, got to the meeting and we all walked in and we closed, you know, we basically signed all these guys. It probably felt like the meeting when you walked in, your whole family was sitting there waiting for you back when you were a kid. (laughs) What is this? I walk in the room, there's 20 Vivint people with hats, everybody, they're just decked out with Vivint. I'm like, what's what's going on here? Am I going to get jumped? (laughs) (laughs) I know what this looks like. (laughs) So here's what's cool though, is the difference between Don and some of these other guys that have come over, and I've seen this, and you've probably seen this a lot, we have people come over from different companies all the time, and some of them were really successful at their previous company, and they come over, and they, they it's like it never clicks that um, there are some differences, and there are some things that are different that you have to adjust to, um, and then we have a lot of things that are better than there. You know, they just don't make the adjustment. Don, from day one, was just so hungry that he was like his own entity. He didn't, he didn't necessarily like, it wasn't a negative thing, but he didn't associate himself with this group that came over. He came to me and he was like, hey, I love those guys, they're my friends. They're a lot of those guys, I'm really grateful that Suki brought me in the industry. But he's like, we made this decision, I made this independent of all of them, and I'm here to go. And he was just like a sponge every single day. And so I kind of took Don under my wing, um, you know, for those first probably six months, really, and he did awesome. But you still were kind of stuck at this, like, I would say kind of not mediocre, but maybe slightly above average or just kind of average level. And then something clicked for you, I feel like about a year ago, um, that you just took off. And and right now, if you didn't know, Don's the number one rep um, on the East Coast. I think he's top two or top three in the company right now on basically every category. And he's just been crushing it uh, the last couple quarters. What was that light bulb moment that you had um, about a year ago or so? Yeah, so it was 18 months ago. Um, but for you guys to really understand, you know, the past 18 months, I have to go back uh, an extra year. So when we opened up New Hampshire, uh, and again, goes back to ha- life happens for you, not to you. I want to say those are the, one of the, my toughest 10 months of my life. I think um, uh, that, that 2000, the beginning of 2017 to October of 2017 um, was tough. Uh, but again, it happened for me. So I got promoted. I opened up the New Hampshire office with, uh, with Mackenzie. And we, and we had just, sorry to interrupt. We had just opened up New Hampshire. It's a loan-only state. It's right next to Mass, which is a really strong PPA market. And um, I felt like Don and Mackenzie were going to be, a, it's like two young, strong, hungry DMs. Really strong opportunity for them. It ended up, like a lot of new markets, having a lot of challenges. And so... Yeah, um, but that, that was awesome. I, I got to you know, uh, find out who I really was. And not only because of the market, I was just dealing with myself. I couldn't get out my own way. And the only thing I had going for me was the thing that I always had going for me, and it was hard work. Like, no matter what I was doing outside of work, I'm just like, I work at 2 o'clock. Like, that's just like, Mm -hmm. I'm already programmed to do that. So no matter what was going on around me, I always showed up to work. Uh, But sometimes, or most of the time, that's not enough. and we're just jumping through hoops, you know, opening up that new office and especially opening up a new office with a new product, your brand new DM, it requires more of your attention. And I was lacking that. You know, I had clutter, I had a lot of cluster in my life and I just didn't understand that. And, you know, I was just falling, falling and falling and falling when, until it came to a point where I'm like, wow, I'm done. Like, I'm, complete, I'm completely wiped out uh, mentally, physically, emotionally. I mean, I called Adam, and I'm like, Adam, uh, I'm, like, done, man. Like, thanks for everything. Uh, I just don't even have money. I don't even, I have, like, I have no money to pay the bills. Um, I've I just, I just been failing so much. 
And I would blame outside sources, but now I realize that it, it could have been different. It, it would have been tough, um, but it had to happen the way it had. Like it, it happened, like it just had to happen like that in order to be where I am today. So I called him, I'm, I'm like, Adam, I'm, dude, I'm done. Like there's nothing I could do. My deal, the last deals that I had going through, some canceled, some are, you know, you know not going through and I'm done. So that's when we decided to merge offices, right? This was at the end of 2017. And we came as separate offices. It was the Boston North office and then the New Hampshire office, but we were meeting together. And I'm like, this is the opportunity to, like a second chance. You know how I spoke about the second chances? This is like my second chance. And it's because I've been putting so much towards what I wanted, which is that hard work. I never stopped working hard. So just because I believe, just because I was doing that, the universe owed me a second chance with this job. And that's how I took it. Um, Jordan came in from Florida. I'm like, this dude is a mastermind. I barely knew Jordan, but I knew a lot about him. This um, is Jordan LaPlace. Jordan LaPlace, yep. yeah. And I'm like, I, got, I just got to learn from this guy. And since day one, I never left his side. I'm like, whatever he's doing, whatever, the way he speaks, the way, the way he runs business, I, the changes that he tells me to do, I'm like just taking notes, taking notes. And I think one thing that helps me a lot, I'm able to apply things right away. Um, and I always been like that. Well, but he doesn't, sorry to interrupt. What I've noticed with Don is when you talk to him about something he can work on or something that you know he's struggling with, whatever, when we come up with the solution, there isn't like this debate he has in his mind where it's like, well, let me exhaust all the other options and then we'll come back. And if that's still the best option, we do it. It's like once the correct solution like hits his mind, the light bulb just goes off. He doesn't think about it anymore. It rings true to him, and then he just goes. You know, so um, I think to your credit, you don't sit and overanalyze things a lot. It's just if all of a sudden you trust your gut, you trust your instincts, and so once something happens, you just go. Right. And, well, and I think good leaders are teachable, right? Like the Navy SEALs say, "Ready to lead, ready to follow." It's like mm -hmm. sometimes you're the leader and sometimes you're the follower, but. All of our ideas, all of our development comes from other people. Right. So if you don't tap into that, you're just left to fight alone, you know? For sure. And don't, go, don't, don't fight alone. Fight, fight with an with a, with a army, right? So if you have, you know, mentors and leaders where you're like, hey, I have this challenge, Adam, what, you, what should I do? And he's just like, do this, do that, and just keep going. And I do exactly what he says or what Jordan says or, you know, anybody in my close circle um, that I trust and that, that they've been doing this for, you know, a long time. Then I just follow their, their advice and it always works out. It's so simple, but it's hard. And I believe that the hard part is applying it. And that's where people come short. Like they, they come just short of applying everything that they learn. Um, and like I said, you got to applying, you got to learn on the fly, apply on the fly. That way you get results right away. Like they're instant results. And it's like you're buying time basically. I'm, that's what I focus on, just buying time. Um, because that's what it is. If, it's, if it takes somebody you know, a whole week to make a decision on applying something, if I do it the right, right there at that moment, I just bought seven days, right? And I believe that's the difference. So as soon as we merged offices, I saw it as an opportunity as a second chance and for me to learn. And I just started growing. I just started learning. Um, and I really doubled down on just working harder on myself than I was at my job. Applying the same discipline that I, I put on the doors on reading, learning, expanding my, 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 you know, my intelligence because well, the more that, you know. Not only that, but exercise. Um, oh, yeah. Essentially stop drinking yeah. as well. I stopped, I mean, I, I, I stopped so many bad like habits and I just replaced them with good ones. I, um, I'm able to control, I, I'm, I'm able to control every single outcome. And by the way I'm able to do that is taking full responsibility and actually understanding who I am and what my weaknesses are and my, what my strengths are 
and just replacing weaknesses with strength. A lot of people say, oh, get rid of that. No, just replace it with something else and it just becomes a lot easier. You have a real presence. Not many people are, are able to do that. I, I, I think that's probably the reason. If you can, if, and it comes down to ego, right? Like a lot of times you'll get feedback and Adam will come to you and say, hey, you need to do this, this, and this. And you're like, yeah, but you don't know what I'm going through. There's that. But if you can just, it's so much faster to just drop it and be like, okay, this is just input. This is just information. And I can struggle with it for three days or I can apply it now and get those three days. I love that. That's a great, that's a great thought. Because here, again, with time, it's, it's, it's that. We've talked about it multiple times that Malcolm Gladwell says you can cut those 10,000 hours in half with expert training. So it's like, why struggle on 5,000 hours that you don't need to struggle on? Exactly. Time's expensive, especially in this job. Well, we've had a lot of late night text combos, right? And yeah. it's a lot of it is either, um, and Don, Don has grown more as a leader than maybe anyone I've worked with over the past probably 18 months. And uh, one of my favorite things about Don is he's, he doesn't get defensive when you kind of go with him with stuff. So there's times where I've said, hey man, you gotta cut that out. Like, hey, you gotta stop doing this, you gotta stop doing that. And not only that, I need you to help me get this person to stop doing the same thing that you're doing. And rather than kind of pushing back, he's always like, you're right, you know? And there's times where, um, and there's times where he'll give me feedback too, you know? And um, we just have a really good relationship where there's a high level of trust um, but the relationship's been tested a couple times. I mean, every time, and you've dealt with this too, uh, Vivint, we just have such a strong culture of development that every other mom, pa company out there, all of our competitors, they not, they're not able to develop leadership like we do. And so rather than trying to keep like developing their own, they come and try and pick off our people all the time, right? And so, Don's been hit up dozens of times by friends from other companies, by people he doesn't even know at other companies. And um, so there has been times where you've kind of been distracted by it. What's been the thing that's kept you? And, um, you know, what's been, I guess, what's that? What have you learned from those experiences? Because, you know, um, we had one where I said, man, like, you know, we kind of went through this where Don was getting recruited and and um, being offered a big position and this and that, and it distracted him, you know? And the thing I kept telling you is, I said, you're not leaving, you're not gonna go, but what's happened is you have now been distracted for a couple of weeks, right? So I guess you tell me, why, why, st why do you stay? And then what have you learned from those experiences as well? Yeah, I mean, everything's an opportunity to learn. And I, what I learned from that is the mirage of quick money or just a, a name, uh, a name tag, right? A position, I should say. Uh, but then again, there's a difference between cleaners and closers. Um, you know, you want to be a straight cleaner and a cleaner has a good coach. Um, you know, the, the greats, Kobe Bryant, Jordan. They actually always, you know, the, their success is they had a good coach. I mean, who was the coach? Phil Jackson, right? And I believe I'm glad that he said who the coach was because <laughs> Ty, Ty wasn't even sure what sport you were talking about. <laughs> cleaners, cleaners, meaning like game changers. Yeah, so they don't they don't adapt to to the game. They have the game adapt to them. Yeah, and they always need that sense of direction from their their, their leader, right? People that have done it before, and these people are the the best listeners. The best listeners, no matter how good they are, they're always listening and applying, and applying what they listen. They're never too good. Jordan never said, I'm Jordan, don't tell me what to do. Kobe never said that. He said, coach, what should I do? And you know, that, they just apply it right away. He's like famous for calling, like cold calling people. You'd probably know this about him, but he calls people that he's interested in. I can't remember what podcast I was listening to, but they were saying that they'd get a call from Kobe, just saying like, I think it was Richard Branson had gotten calls from him or something where he's like, hey, I have some questions. And Kobe Bryant, you can get anybody on the phone. Right. But the fact that he would, I mean, doesn't need the money. Clearly just a legend in, in, in all of athletics, but he's still wanting to learn stuff. He's still wanting to like figure out, why do you do that? How do you think about that? I think that's incredible. Yeah, I believe that's, and what it is, real happiness. I, I've learned that real happiness is progress. Mm -hmm. 
Um, you know, that's, that's where you measure money. That's where you measure how much you're growing. If you're not growing, you're dying at the end of the day. And that's, that's the beautiful thing about this opportunity is that we're around people that they were somewhere and they got to where they wanted to be. And they're able to lay down the whole path for you. And you just got to follow it. It's simple, but it's hard. Mm-hmm. Think about it. The hard part is applying it. How many people in these trainings, deep, these podcasts, multiple trainings that we have, uh, East Coast, West Coast, region-wide, we get so much content, but unfortunately, only like 10, 20% actually apply it. Mm-hmm. And that's what brings people, that what separates that gap be, between the good, the great, and the relentless. I remember the, ooh, the good, the great, and the relentless. Should we title this that? That's mm-hmm. good. That's my next book, actually. The good, the great. Yeah, he stole that. From me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I learned once. Um, uh, it was in a Vivint Inc. meeting, in an alarm meeting, that uh, the presenter, I don't remember who it was, but he had said, "Listen, I know that there's only going to be, you know, there's a massive room. There's a couple hundred people there. He's like, I realize there's going to be 20 of you that are going to take this information. It's going to do some good for you. Be one of the 20." And I just remember being like, "Be one of the 20. Like, just do the thing. Yeah. You're already there." Just do the thing. You right. know, this is either going to be something that is another tool that's going to help you, you know, create your masterpiece, or it's just going to be another wasted. Right. Know. Well, why don't why don't why don't people do it? I think it's uh, a matter of fear, um, a matter of having that conversation. So th- I think, but I believe this is the toughest part: looking at yourself in the mirror and actually asking yourself first what you want. Because if you ask yourself what you really want, and you're asking yourself, the answers come with sacrifices, right? So it's like, hey, if I want to reach this goal, if I want to get here, you're going to have to stop doing this, 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 and that. You're going to have to stop. You need to make sacrifices. Um, And a lot of people are not ready for that conversation because you can lie to anybody else, but you're not lying to yourself. Yeah, it is, it's kind of life too. In order to go forward, you got to leave stuff behind, right? Like in order to, I think what, of that like experiment, wasn't it with like the monkeys grabbing stuff out of the jar? Like the only way they could get their hand out of the jar is just to let go. Like you have to like be able to do that. And I think every level of development, not just leadership level at this job, but every level of development requires leaving things behind. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's interesting with fear. People are like, yeah, I, I know I could do it. I know people are doing it. Right. I'm holding on. Right. It's like, let it go, you know? And they're also afraid of the responsibility because if you always, if you break a tier or if you hit a new level, you show yourself what you're capable of and you got to do it consistent, consistent, consistently. And that's what people, a lot of times we're afraid where we're like, wow, if I break this new level, I'm going to have to do it consistently. And that's kind of scary because if you're not disciplined, you can't be consistent. Um, well, actually, let me rephrase that, because you could actually be consistent and still not be successful, successful because if you're consistently doing the wrong things, you're going to get a result. It might, it might not be the result you're looking for, but you get a result. So I believe other than consistency, you got to be disciplined, um, real disciplined on what you really want and execute every day. Small wins every day lead to victory. And... When you're doing something consistently, but what you're doing is bringing you farther away from your goal, you're gonna get a result, which is getting farther from your goal because you're doing things the wrong way. So if you're consistently not working, you're consistently not making money, right? So it's not about consistency, it's about discipline. You gotta be disciplined with what you really want it. You gotta be aware of what you want and then be disciplined in order to get there. Mm. I think there's, you know, if say there was a millionaire or millionaires that listen to this podcast, they're going to be listening to this sitting here going, I remember this part of my story, right? The, 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 the being broke, the coming up from nothing, the, the light bulb moments when their life started to change. And what's cool is like you live in the same apartment you lived in three years ago, right? So yeah, I just uh, recently moved like six months ago. Oh, you did? Okay. So, um, into, I mean, I know you were in like a dump forever Um, and he's making a lot of money residual right now and has been making great money for a couple years now. But Don's always been really grounded and is just 
socking away money and you just bought your first investment property. Yes. Right. Oh, good for you. Thank you. So um, just making smart decisions and not blowing it on dumb stuff. So it's been really, really cool to watch. How I wanted to ask um, on a more granular level with your personal performance. Um, I know, uh, and I'm not saying this to, to brag, but this is just like a simple training we did at one point with creating a goal board. Um, can you just share with, because uh, you know, we talked with Cam Catmull about this, how to get, uh, what advice they would have for our club members, lettermen, starters to level up. And you had a massive level up moment. And I feel like it kind of started, or you've said it kind of started with this training that uh, we did in the office that one day. I was like, maybe I gave the training, maybe I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was, I, I gave it, but I got it from somebody else. I mean, it's, yeah, yeah, I can take credit for that one, but it's like, I heard it from somebody else, so. No, it was a good training. Uh, I'll never forget, it was in December of 2017. Uh, right when the whole pivoted, that was my pivoted moment, that December, you know, November, December. And Adam does this training where you track your sales, your welcome calls, permits, and installs, and you track them every day. And again, it goes back to self-awareness. Yeah, so like on a poster board. Like we had, board. I brought in like, Talking like markers, and 30 stuff. poster yep. boards and markers and rulers, and it was like elementary school, and we made goal boards. Right. Like that was the, that was the training. Yeah, and, and the thing is a lot of people say, hey, I want to get 21 installs or I want to reach this goal, but they don't have the map. Mm-hmm. That was basically I, my map. I was able to map out how many sales I needed, how many welcome calls, how many permits in order to get my goal. And what I did, I attached it to something very important to me. I actually say the most important thing in my life, which is my daughter. So she was the one tracking it. And by me doing that, it just put me in a position where I could not fail. So Why I was she tracking everything. it, by the way? So I... So and how did you have her track it? So you took the poster home and yep. then what? So I created a, uh, 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 a tracker. So if, if my goal was, you know, 35 installs... I was, and everything's a numbers game. My, my closing percentage from AC to welcome call, I worked backwards. Mm-hmm. So I knew how many ACs I needed to create. I knew how many welcome calls I needed to create. And every time when I got home, I gave myself a goal whether if I hit each level, so if I hit my welcome call goal, my AC goal, my permit goal, my daughter would get, you know, $100 towards, you know, Disney or something like that. So she would be on top of me. How old is your daughter? She's five. Five. What's her name? Lexine. You're not going home Lexine to Lexine Gomez. With, no. with a zero because you wanted to go to the gas station. Yes. Or and because you had a hard oh, afternoon. Lexine's no joke. She's, yeah. she is like, uh, she is a tough, I mean, she's tough. Yeah. She was asking towards like that middle of the quarter, she was asking for five ACs a day. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, hey, man, what you ask the universe to give, it will give you. So She's you're like, going to ask it for one. Only four ACs, eight welcome calls. What's going on, Daddy? What did you do today? Did you work today? It's funny, though, because <laughs> uh, I've interviewed the Iron Cowboy before, and he talked about his daughter. You know, He had spoken to her in a moment of weakness, and her belief in him is what helped his mindset level up. It's the same thing. Like To have a five-year-old girl think my dad could do five a day, just get out of the way. Yeah, That's yeah. amazing, right? Like, And how long do they stay that? that young and that innocent and that hopeful and that just connected, like that's right. pretty, pretty special. Yeah, and it bonds, right? And, and you show her what goal setting is. Now she has her own goal board. Uh, she reads it every morning. Um, what's, it, what's, she, what's she working towards? What's on her goal board? So I, I, I put a goal board for her and, um, you know, she just reads, it's just, a, uh, it's, more, it's more of affirmation. So it's, I'm a leader, I'm successful. Uh, I'm a kind person. Uh, I always get a green dot. So they measure the day with a green or or a red dot. Um, So I wrote that down. She's always getting green dots. So it does work. Affirmations do work. Um, You know, I put for her to be influential. So she reads that. And like I said, if you're affirming, you just put you, that puts you in a different state of uh, vibration where everything works out for me. And I always affirm that and everything works out for me. You know. Is green dot good day, red dot bad day? Is yes. that as simple? Yeah. What a cool thing. I just think of like your upbringing compared, like what you're doing now is changing like generations. You know, like Mike, Mike Brand, I work with him really closely on the West Coast and that's his, uh, that's his group's uh, mission is to change generations. But when I think about that, like she's learning something that, well, you're kind of learning it together, but she'll teach that. That will ripple forever. For sure. And it's changing the whole dynamic of, of, of your family, right? 
we grew up with, with scarcity. We grew up, you know, poverty. We grew up with doubt, fear. And I have the opportunity to cut that. And it's just like a chain reaction. In reality, the things that we do is based on our fear that was put on by our parents when we were younger. You know, the knowledge we have about money, the knowledge we have about growth, the, the knowledge we have about business, it's based on what our parents showed us in the first seven years of life. So I'm trying to change the whole direction, not of my life, but of my daughter's life, by just giving her good habits, showing her the way, showing her things that just because of the lack of knowledge, my parents weren't able to, you know, to teach me. And it doesn't make them a bad person. They just didn't have the knowledge. Good people with lack of knowledge. That's, that's all it is. It's, so, it's been so cool. Um, one of the things that we mentioned earlier is that Don stopped drinking. How long did it go to stop drinking? Uh, since Key West. Since Key West. So this is, I'm going to embarrass Don a little bit. But, <laughs> something uh, went down in Key West? Something went down, yeah. Something went down. So, they can't take me anywhere. He's like, so, I got to leave this behind. <laughs> so we had, um, so we did our All-American trip uh, in Key West. And we had, how many people on that trip? Probably 50 yeah. or so. And it was our top, you know, All-Americans. When um, I make a fool out of myself, I like to do it in a big room. Yeah, we can really yeah. cement that in, right? <laughs> well, but the the learning moment is what's important. And it, yeah. and it actually was, it ended up being a really positive for him ultimately. But we were, you know, we had our, our day's events and, and kind of, you know, the learning stuff. And then we all kind of went out. Key West has this little downtown area that the downtown looks like kind of like an L shape where it's just open bars, where there's live music everywhere. It's really fun. And so we all went down there, and guys were singing karaoke, and, and it was a good time. And Don uh, comes out of this bar and, you know, had been drinking and uh, with, you know, a bunch of the other guys. And this guy kind of gets really aggressive with, 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 he got aggressive with you or with someone Some else? Girl. There was two girls. In oh, the there movie. was two girls. And you know Don's a Don's a, a real gentleman, and so he and I actually say that sincerely. Don really is a gentleman. Like Thank every you. every every woman that works with us, like loves Don. I mean, and he's trained a lot of. You know, I think it's those eyes, though, dude. You got these piercing eyes, and he's got the hairline, right? Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, but so this guy is being really aggressive with these women, and Don basically goes up. Oh, wait till the train passes. Uh, Don kind of steps in and, you know, he'd been drinking, so probably didn't have the choicest words. And the guy, like, takes a swing at Don, and he went back into straight, like, Everett High mode, <laughs> where he was, like, one duck and just, whoa, and just right in the jaw. And this guy just stumbled into a car and... And, uh, it was quite the scene. It was uh, it was quite the scene, and um, we got it all on video, uh, incidentally. So we're selling someone. It. That's the world now, man. Someone uh, video, someone got it on video, and so anytime. What's interesting now is one that changed Don's life because um, in the moment, yeah, everyone kind of laughed about it, this that. But I think ultimately it was actually pretty embarrassing for you, right? Yeah, uh, but then again, it happened for me. Um, that's when it's like another like pivoting moment. I'm like, all right, look at how, mu how much knowledge I have. Instead of me using, I have available, like, you know, hanging around with you guys, David Bywater, and it's a, it's a company event. I should use that to grow instead of to just, you know, roam Do dumb stuff. Street. Yeah, just, just, I was putting my focus on the wrong thing. And that was the moment where I'm like, all right, let me just start fixing this. And that self-awareness got me back. I, you know, I had that conversation with myself. Like, what, what do you really want? Is that what you really want to be like, remembered for? Or do you want to change the world? Like, with me, there's no middle. Do you want to do that? Or do you want to change the world? Like, legit, change the world. And that's where I'm heading. Uh, I believe that everybody should make a, a dent in the universe before they go. And that's what, you know, a legacy is all about. And just surround yourself with the right people and your mind just starts changing. Mm -hmm. You start seeing different things, different opportunities. And it, it feels like it's slowly changing, but you just like, you, it feels like you skip two years and you're like, wow, it's been 18 months and this is just, I've never been so happy in my life. I think that's a hack, like a simple hack where you can say, hey, if I want to have this result, 
just shift the people that you hang with, right? Because it's true, like Covey says, you're the sum of the five people you spend the most time with. And I think going to different levels, a lot of the, the leave behinds that are tough is sometimes you have to leave people like that are dragging you down or that are negative or whatever. But I think if you just say, hey, I'm committing to surround myself with the right people first, you gotta be the type of person that those people wanna be around. But once you do, you naturally gravitate. That's one of the things I'm most grateful for with this company is literally the people that I spend the most time with are some of the best people I know. Yeah, cut, cut, loose, end, cut loose ends and lose friends. That's necessary to, to actually win. And it just happens automatically because you're stretching so much. There's always, there's always gonna be a gap between you know good to better, better to great, great to relentless. And every time you're getting closer to one other gap, there's gonna be friction from the old you to the new new you. And that that just shows progress and change. So that's something that things that you have to look for. Anytime you're feeling uncomfortable, it's like, all right, I'm growing, like this is happening. And we tend to stray away from that where you don't look at yourself, you don't look at the progress that you're making. And you understand it by how much pain you're feeling because it, it requires pain. Like, right, you're at the gym, you're working out. Anytime you're feeling pain, that's when the muscle is actually growing. And it's the same thing with life. It's just a life principle where you're getting closer to a new level. There's going to be a type of friction, good and bad. And that's just part of growth. And that's what happened to me 18 months ago. Uh, I decided to, to make a change. Like I, I made a decision to make the change. And once you make that decision, you start looking for ways, for a map, for opportunities, and everything comes to you. Because if you're really focused, where, where focus goes, energy flows. So when, when you really focus on growth and winning, you attract your goals, you attract good people, you attract opportunities. Things work out for you every single day, every single, everything works out for me. And if you're, if you're really walking around with that vibration, with that positive energy, pushing that energy out, and giving back, you're always gonna get that back. There's zero reason why you're gonna get a different result when you're putting all that towards the right thing, the right, the, the right direction, what you really want to accomplish. It's, 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 a, it's a law, it's legit impossible to get a different result if you really focus all your energy on what you really want. Well, if, so fast forward to today, and we'll kind of wrap up, but uh, Boston North now is the number one team on the East Coast. They're, they're you know, top one or two teams in the company. Family right there. And um, and I think, uh, you know, I know you want to give a shout out to, um, you know, Mackenzie and John and Kristen and Jordan as well. I mean, they've been a, a huge part of your life for the last for sure. year, right? Yeah, I mean, we we took this office, I, 18 months ago, it was 18, 20 people in the office. Now we're 50 plus. And not only that, we came together as a group. We came together as a unit. Um, we understood, we had that self-awareness, like, hey, you're good at this. You're not really that good at this, so let me, like, we just came together as a team. Um, and we made it happen, you know? And gro growth is infectious. Like, people just start growing. Not only just the DM group, but the whole office. So what we focus on mostly now is working, having our reps work harder on themselves than they do on their job. Like we have a self-development group, we have a ton of buy-in, people are applying, people are getting the results, and the energy in the office is unbelievable because everybody's happy. Health, wealth, love, and happiness, that's what you're looking for, and that's what we have in the office. So everybody's just on a winning streak. That's amazing, man. Pretty awesome. That's awesome, dude. Well, we loved having you on. Um, some Thanks of the insights you have are just so cool and it's really humbling to hear, you know, where you came from and uh, I think more humbling to even just listen to where you're going. So I think we're all going to be able to look back in five, ten years and be like, you know, we were a part of the Don Gomez freight train that is just on a mission, right? So um, it's pretty cool stuff, man. So, Thank you. And by the way, uh, give a shout out to your, uh, to your wife. So I know you guys... So maybe, uh, sorry, one last quick thing. He's been dating, um, what, how do you say, I don't Sarita. want to, Sarita. Yeah. Um, so, he says so pretty, <laughs> I know. So, she's so pretty, she's amazing, and, but she doesn't have her citizenship yet. And so they had to basically get married. He just called me one day, he's like, yeah, I got married today. Check um, it out the list. And uh, <laughs> I'm like. On a Wednesday. And, and yeah, he's like, uh, he's like, by the way, I'm gonna splurge and, 
you know, I think that was the, the first time you broke your drinking fast was you bought like a shot, $400. Yeah, I always wanted to do that, so I did it. <laughs> that was his uh, splurge, but, um, but the actual wedding now, so they it's have to June. be legally married in the U.S. for a year, and then they can go back to yep. Colombia and do the real wedding. So yep. that's, so he's actually married, but the wedding will be in a year so from now. So it's hashtag Gomez 2020. 2020. Oh, it's going to be fire, man. So yeah, we're all going to be awesome. there. She actually, shout out to her. She, I actually met her during my whole pivoting point. So again, everything happens for you. I and met things her. work out for you, man. Yeah, everything works out for everything me. Everything works out for you. She's been amazing. Uh, she's on the same page as me as far as goals, and she pushes me. You know, you find somebody that wants to move forward and it just becomes easier, right? It's easier to do it in, in, with two people and to do it once. So Synergy. shout out to her. She's, she's amazing. Uh, shout out to my daughter, my stepdaughter, um, Luciana as well. And yeah, our family's growing. It's growing, you know, emotionally and, and there's the growth all over, you know, abundance of everything. That's great, man. Well, I'm proud of you. That's awesome. So. Thanks, Don. Thank you. Thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.